Good morning, church. I think I could have worshipped all morning long. It was really, really good. Thank you for that worship team. I kind of have one point in my message today, and it's in the title. I've titled today's message, Ask of Me. In these last few months, the Lord's been taking me deeper. You know, it doesn't matter how many years you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter where along the journey you are. There's always places, deeper places to go in his presence. There's some things that I've given up praying for, that I've spent years and years and years praying for, and you start to get discouraged. You start to get weary. And sometimes cynicism replaces faith and hope. And you let it go. But he's calling me back. Back to be tenacious in prayer. He keeps saying, ask of me. Ask of me. I want us to read Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11. Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your father, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, there's a lot of directions that we could go when we speak on the topic of prayer. As you can tell, I'm veering off of 1 Corinthians today. (laughs) I'm I'm leaving it to Cliff. But there's a lot of direction that we can go when we talk about prayer. But what I want to do today is to focus in on what are those belief systems that we carry that actually keep us from prayer. What is it that we believe that actually keeps us operating in self-sufficiency instead of running to our good, good father who we just sang about this morning? I want to unpack the statement today that says, if prayer doesn't captivate you, you're held captive by a lie. You might go, huh? Sounds pretty tough. But if prayer doesn't captivate you, you are held captive by a lie. A lie either about God or about yourself. There could be other reasons, but we're going to focus on those two things today. You see, because we've been invited into holy ground, onto holy ground. For those of you who maybe haven't made a confession of faith, maybe you haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ, maybe you're exploring the gospel, you're exploring what Jesus Christ has done. Let me tell you today, he's made a way for you to have an audience with the king every single day of your life. He's made a way to save you from your sins. To bring you into that place of fellowship. So what keeps us from entering in? What keeps us? 
from a life of tenacious prayer. When he keeps saying, ask of me. I have this Lego truck here. It's in the process of being built. I could lift it up higher, but I'll try not to break it. <laughs> it's in the process of being built. And you know, the creator of this Lego truck knows the fullness of its design. They know the beginning from the end. They know what piece should go next to bring it into full completion. And you know, even when this is operating, when it's fully complete, these little hydraulic lines here that aren't connected to anything at the moment will actually operate with air. Yeah. Don't ask me because I don't understand it. <laughs> but you know, here are the remaining pieces of Lego to this truck. Now, if I were to ask any of you here today to come pick out the next piece and put it in the right place, I can pretty much guarantee 100% that not a single one of you would be able to do it. With, without the instructions. Even if you're an engineer, you wouldn't be that good. None of us could do it. None of us could know what the next piece is. But you know what? We think we know all the time what the next piece of our life is. We think we can figure it out on ourselves. What do I need to inquire God for? I've been here before. I've done this before. I can do it. But how arrogant of us to think that we could actually figure out the next season of our lives without his input. How many times do I arrogantly wake up in the morning, completely ignore the fact that I've been saved, that I have a father who wants to partake in my day with me, and yet because the day is familiar, I just head right in, and I don't even seek him. What do I need my creator's help for? I can figure it out. I know the next piece. Do we sometimes live a life of prayerlessness because we believe the lie that we are self-sufficient? If we actually think about that, it's laughable. The Father knows the beginning to the end of your life. He knows what you need tomorrow and in this coming season. And he's saying, call on me, ask of me, ask me for wisdom, ask me for help. Ask me for grace. Ask me for my healing. He wants to be intimately involved in our lives. Sometimes we might live our lives so small without any risk. We live in this sphere that is controllable to us. It's familiar. It's very natural to us. But we rely on our own wisdom on our own intellect, and the glory goes to our own pride. And then something happens in life, we become disillusioned, but something happens outside of our control. It throws us off, we become disillusioned because we haven't forged this place of trust and dependency upon our Father. But you know what? I believe we're in a new day. We're in a new season where God is calling us into places that are not necessarily familiar. 
where you can't just rely on your own understanding. He's calling you into places of influence where you are going to have to be completely dependent upon the leading of his spirit. There's some of you today that maybe God might be bringing you into places of new direction. And you're wavering and you're wondering because you want it to be feeling safe. You want it to be under control. But you know what? He's bringing people out into places that they are not familiar with. Say yes because you have a good father. Sure, there might be places in life where you, you've got it. You've done it before. You can do it again. Or do you want to live a life like a shining star in the midst of darkness? Where it's obvious to others that the hand of God is on your life. Where it's obvious to others that the favor of God is with you. Because you stand apart. You shine in a way that other people look and you go, that is not normal. That is otherworldly what is going on in that person's life. You love in a way that is not worldly. You love in a way that gives so much grace. People look and go, who on earth are you? How can you do that? But it's the spirit of the living God in you. It enables you to love at no cost to yourself. You see, when others see him in us, that's when he's glorified. Because they know that that person couldn't be and act and behave in that way apart from something supernatural. They give him glory. See, this is not a day for small living. He wants to anoint you. You and I as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're seated in the heavenly realms. He wants us to operate from that place, not from the natural realm. He wants to anoint your teaching. He wants to anoint your schooling. He wants to anoint your parenting. He wants to anoint you today. Whatever work, whatever sphere of influence he's given you, he wants to anoint it for his glory. I believe he's also kind of developing our spiritual muscle. How many of you need some more spiritual muscle? So we become tenacious in our prayers. You know, there's many of us here. This is, I love this church because it's a praying church. We stand with each other. And there's some of us here who have had long-term uh, prayer requests. And I want you to know, I don't ever want you to stop asking for prayer. Even if you go, oh, I've already asked 20 times. I don't want to ask again. You know what? We are giving you permission, ask again. We want to stand with you. We want to keep contending with you until we see it through to completion. But I think about those in the Bible. Daniel, who continued to pray, even when a demon was holding up the answer to his prayer. 
You see, some of you may have given up praying today. Really, there's a battle in the spirit realm going on. Don't give up. Don't give up because the answer is on the way. And then Elijah, he continued to pray for rain. You know what I love about that story, and I didn't see it for years, was that at some time before he began praying for rain, the Lord told him he was going to send rain. So he was standing on the word of the Lord that he had already been spoken. He wasn't walking uh, by sight. He was walking by faith. And he went and he kept praying and praying and praying until the word of the Lord came to pass. And I think, you know, of course, those in the hall of faith in Hebrews 12, those who died believing, they were commended for their faith, and yet some never saw the answer, but they died believing. I don't know about some of you might uh, know George Mueller, not know him personally. <laughs> He's actually passed away. George Mueller. When I was in my late teens, my dad gave me a book um, about the life of George Mueller and about prayer, and man, it ignited me. <laughs> What a powerful, powerful testimony. I actually encourage you, if you've never read it, get, well, there's a few books out, but look them up and read it. He was a man, he was a rebellious teen, but he went to a prayer meeting in 1825 that changed the course of his life forever. He lived saturated in the word. It was his practice to read the word four times a year. And in prayer, he prayed about, he was known to pray about everything. And the stories that I read back then, he, he took care of orphans. He had over 10,000 orphans in his care. And he would pray for everything. He established 117 schools for over 120,000 children to get Christian training. The, it was just incredible what the Lord did through his life. But I remember this one story that he would sit down with all of these orphans around tables. They had absolutely no food. And he would say grace. And he would thank the Lord for the food that they were about to eat. And then a knock on the door would come as they're sitting at the table and there was their breakfast to eat. He has story after story after story of answered prayers. I'm going to read you a few testimonies. And this is a testimony of his tenacity in prayer as he prayed for friends to become Christians. He had five friends that he prayed for. And after many months, one of them came to the Lord. Ten years later, two of the others were converted. It took 25 years before the fourth man was saved. Mueller persevered in prayer until his death for the fifth friend. And throughout those 52 years, he never gave up hoping that he would accept Christ. I don't know why that's hitting me so much. But his faith was rewarded. For soon after Mueller's funeral, the last one was saved. He never gave up. It's like the Hebrews 11. He died believing and it happened, but he just didn't get to see it. I want to read you another testimony. When he was coming across the ocean, he was sailing across the Atlantic. And the ship ran into a thick fog. And he explained to the captain, I need to be in Quebec. 
by the following afternoon. But the captain said that he was slowing the ship down for their safety and Mueller's appointment would have to be missed. So Mueller asked to use the chart room to pray for the lifting of the fog. The captain followed him down, claiming that it would be a waste of time. After Mueller prayed a very simple prayer, the captain started to pray. But Mueller stopped him, partly because of the captain's unbelief, but mainly because he believed the prayer had already been answered. Mueller said, Captain, I have known my Lord for more than 50 years, and there is not one instance that I have not failed to have an audience with the king. Get up. Captain, for you will find that the fog has gone. And when the two men went back up to the bridge, they found that the fog had lifted and Mueller was able to keep his appointment. And the captain became a Christian shortly afterwards. I get ignited when I listen to stories of men and women of faith who have gone before us. And sometimes I wonder where are the George Muellers of our day? Where are the believers who will believe and contend and contend and contend and not let their circumstances dictate what they know about Jesus Christ and what they know about their father? They are tenacious and they hold on in belief and in faith. Do we have the courage today to humble ourselves? To repent of where we've been self-sufficient. Where I've thought, I've got this handled. Can we humble ourselves and recognize our utter dependence upon the Father today? See, do we have the bravery to seek his face and go on new adventures? Because he wants to take us in into new opportunities where the impossible becomes possible. Believing in self-sufficiency is one of the lies that can keep us from seeking the Father, keep us in a life of prayerlessness. But what about lies about God? What do we believe about him? You know, if someone were to come to me and talk about a difficult situation, I don't think I've ever done this except to my husband. <laughs> but what if I were to say, have you prayed about that? And you didn't, what would be some of those thoughts of why you didn't? He's not going to hear me. If he only knew my past, why would I bother seeking him? He doesn't really care. And we make conclusions about who God is. Sometimes, in fact, often based on what we've perceived and what we've learned and what we've experienced from our earthly father. We just transfer it right onto God. I have a father who was absent. I didn't, but I'm giving an illustration. If we have a father who is absent, we're naturally going to believe that Father God is going to be absent in my life. We've got to separate we got to saturate ourselves in the word so that we know the goodness of God. His forgiving, gracious heart that longs to draw you in and be a good father. 
You know, if you stand by faith in the truth of who he is, I love this passage from Isaiah, where you'll walk through the waters. They're not going to sweep over you. You walk through the river, he's going to be with you. You go through fire, you're not going to get burned. It's not going to quench you. It's who your father is. And some of you right now feel like you're in the season. You're in the fire. He is with you. And you're not going to get burned. You are not going to get burned. I want us to just take a moment and pause and ask the Holy Spirit if there's any lies that you've been believing about him that keeps you from his presence. Just ask him that. Lord, is there any lie that I've been believing that keeps, you, keeps me from your presence? He reveals anything to you. If any thought came to your mind, just repent of that lie. Tell him that you no longer want to live governed by that belief. Then I want us to look at a few verses about the truth of who God is. There's four verses I've picked out of a multitude that I could have picked. But if you would like, if some of you are still in prayer, that's fine. But I want you to read them along with me off the screen. So actually read them out loud with me. And in fact, if you want to stand, change your position, let's make these declarations. And Holy Spirit, I just want to pray Lord, that you will take these truths. Some of these truths might be familiar to us in a head knowledge kind of way, but yet they haven't hit the depth of our heart and our soul. And I pray that right now as we read them together, that we will know this to be true. In Jesus' name. So Psalm 34, 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Next one. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Next one. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. So do you see his heart for you in those verses? We're instructed to pray without ceasing. 
instructed to pray without ceasing because he is your complete provision in all ways. Your complete provision. Some of us today are anxious and we're trying to provide for ourselves. And he's saying, stop the striving and let me show you, show myself strong in your situation. He's the comforter you need. I think the answer to this question will probably be yes if I ask it, but do you desire to live for God's glory? Yes. Do you desire above all else to see him glorified like we sang about this morning? Yes. I want to shout yes. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. But you know, I thought about this this week. That prayer glorifies God. The answering to prayer glorifies God. Why would he not want to answer when he's going to be glorified for the answer to the prayer? When I bring him a situation that I can't resolve on my own, and he answers, he gets glorified. Anyways, he better get glorified. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in my own journey, I've been through a lot of deliverance ministry in my life. Events happened in my life as a little girl, which left me open to the demonic realm. So I had to walk through a season of deliverance, of deep, deep inner healing. And you know what? There would be times where I felt completely lost. I was a believer. I was actually still working in healing and deliverance ministry with other people when he was still working on me. Well, he's still working on me. But in that season, I was in a deep place of, Lord, I need you to deliver me. There were things in my life that I saw that were like strongholds that I could not break. And so I would pray, but I would wait and expect his answer. And he never, ever failed. Never, ever failed. I wouldn't know how it was going to come about, but it never failed to happen. He even delivered me one night in a dream. He can use any means possible to set you free, to heal you, to bring you into a new season, a place of freedom. Call upon him. Ask him. He will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. Your earthly father may have, but he will not. He will not disappoint you. And he will set you free. Even right here, even right now, he can take what has held you in bondage, in shame. You've maybe never whispered it to anyone else because then you would not have the platform you want to have. And so you keep it hidden. But the Lord wants to deliver you from it today. And he has a way and he has a means. And so don't let shame shut it up inside of you. You see, our testimonies actually give glory to God. I'm not afraid to tell people where I've been because he's delivered me from it and then he gets the glory. Don't be afraid to let him in, to let his light shine in the darkness of your soul and transform it. He is a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. John 16, 24. 
Raquel, worship, I'd like you to come up. Something we're going to do today a little different than altar prayer. I'm just stopping to think a minute and pray. just going to have Raquel and Josh play quietly for a while. And instead of our typical altar prayer today, if you need prayer, if there's been a place that maybe you've given up praying for, like I had. You say, you know what? I actually want someone to pray with me to keep contending for this situation. Then I want you to stand up. There might be some of you here today who don't know Jesus Christ and you would love someone to pray with you a prayer of salvation. Maybe you don't know how. And you'd like someone to stand beside you and say, I want to come to faith in Jesus. I want to give him my life today. I want to serve him today the best I know how. And I believe that he's forgiven me of my sins and that he wants to set me free. And if that is you today, I want for those people who are standing, And those who are not, I want you to spread out. Find a person. If you don't have to, you do what the Spirit is telling you to do. But if the Spirit highlights to go and pray beside someone, please go and pray. We're going to spend a few moments in prayer. And then we're going to close in a final song.